What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 200 and something. Um, Today, Sean and I are back for the second podcast of the week. We are breaking down the Super Bowl, giving out our picks, breaking down the Ben Simmons trade, um, obviously with James Harden involved. And then we had our old buddy Will Smith on just to give out some props. didn't really expect it, but we knew there was going to be a little bit of Cowboys and Giants talk. Just shooting the shit there for a second. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the game, folks. We will be back next week to fully break down the NBA trade deadline and jump into NFL offseason. Good morning. Good morning, bro. Nice early one for us. Yeah, can't complain, man. It's going to be a high of 55 for the second day in a row in New York, so that, that's pretty good. Dude, it's going to be warmer up there than it is here today. Good. Yeah, I know. I'm sure. I feel like I'm getting one over on you. Yeah, no, you should. You should feel uh, liberated. You hitting the links or what? Uh, no, the, most golf courses aren't even open. Um, and there was like, I was looking at prices just out of curiosity. I have a gender reveal party today, so I couldn't go anyways, but. Oh, wow. Yeah. Joyous. I, uh, yeah, you, if anybody wants ecstatic. to know my opinion on that, they can listen to the Dino Hypecast because I think they're, <laughs> it's just, it, it, they're bleeding. Dylan, I'm going to say it. I mean, I have Dylan. to get the kid a gift today. Mm. You're bleeding me dry, bro. You're bleeding me dry. I mean, he got married is, earlier what? this year, so that's a gift. Who is this? One of my best friends. All right. He got married earlier this year. Now he's having a gender reveal party, which he said don't bring gifts, but that obviously you got to bring a gift. Oh, that's horseshit. Then you got... Yeah. When then, you say don't bring a gift, you're bringing a gift. And then after that, you got the baby shower. Then after that, you got the birth of the baby. You got baby's first birthday. You have the christening. You got baby's first Christmas, and then before you know it, oh, by the way, we're we're expecting a second. You know, I'm going to say this as another one of your best friends. I would never fucking pull that shit or expect any of that crap from you. That's horrible. Well, I, I have to know. give I have to give Dylan a little bit of shout because he is one of the most avid listeners of this podcast, so he will hear this. Well, that's good, and, and I hope that he understands, uh, uh, Dylan, good to you know, thanks for listening. That's uh, that's highway robbery, and you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> he didn't. He did tell me that he doesn't expect a gift, but it's like I gotta. Sh- I'm not, I can't matter. not show. I, I I can't show up empty-handed. Think about it from an optics standpoint on your part. If you're like, listen, I've got I got him covered. We're best friends. I, I've already shelled out this, that, and the third. And you're the only one that doesn't show up with a gift. That's a bad look. That's a brutal look, man. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I've got too many friends. Dylan. All right. So, Sean, 
it's finally over, the NBA trade deadline, um, and it was a doozy. Uh, we're going to talk about most of what happened on Monday-ish, but we got to break down your boy. Mm. Your boys, actually. Yeah, dude, it, I uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen, but after reading the fallout and listening to Woj and Ramona Shelburne talk about what was happening leading up to the deal, uh, I would have been shocked if it didn't get done because it sounded like everything was pointing to come hell or high water, we got to get this done. For sure. Now, um, I guess I have to give a little bit of credit to everybody, really just to Daryl Morey, due to the fact that he was waiting and waiting and waiting, and it seems like his best deals were Sabonis or, um, I don't know, you know, the, whatever deals were floated out there, Harrison Barnes, and then he ends up with the exact guy he wanted in the first place, James Harden, so that was extremely interesting and I mean, props to him. Now, do I think he got the better player in the long run? No. I mean, Harden, but who knows? He Harden could have okey-doked us. You know, that that's that's why I'm I'm saying that and saying take that comment that I just made with a grain of salt because he did the same thing in in Houston and then went off for the Nets last year. And for the Nets, I mean, also this is one of those win-win trades because you could have tried to fight it out or whatever and got nothing for it, and you got a pretty good haul. I would have liked to have seen Thibel in there, but, you know, we're not going to argue over spilled milk. Well, you can't. I think I think it starts as a win-win because each team got rid of somebody who was a problem. So you kind of win, you, you know, you it's addition by subtraction for each team anyway. Um and you're totally right about Daryl Moore. He waited this out against popular belief. Uh, everybody was saying, why don't you just trade him? I mean, what can you realistically get for a guy that says he's never going to play for you again? He forfeited upwards of $19 million this year to not the only, play for your team. The only thing I will say is Daryl waited this long. If he knew, because Harden was clearly going there. Like, okay. he opted in. But then again, if the Nets turn around and win the championship, maybe he doesn't. So you have to go out and get him. But I would have, I respect Daryl Moore. I would respect him a little bit more if he said, the Nets, fuck you. I'm going to get James Harden and I'm going to get player whatever for Ben Simmons. And the team's going to be even better. But well, again, you have the other side of that coin where, you know, the mandate gets lifted or Kyrie Irving somehow gets vaccinated and Kevin Durant comes back close to 100%, the Nets win a championship and Harden takes that option and then signs with the Nets. Well, here, here's the thing, right? We, we know that there's nothing that's more ever-changing on a day-to-day basis than an NBA player's decision on where they want to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So, I, so under, I understand why Maury felt that this was the time to do it. No, you're 100% right about that, and I think he believed that he was getting hard in last year when, when Houston had two trays lined up, one with Brooklyn and one with Philly, and Harden directly said, I want to go play for the Nets, and I think that as we're starting to f- see what's been Harden's thinking really ever since his exodus from Houston was that he believed 
okay, I'm going to go win a championship with the Nets. That's the better already made team right now. I get to be the third guy. I'm not going to have a lot of pressure on me. I get to have my legacy, you know, cemented as an all-time player. And then in two years, I'm going to go play with uh, with Daryl Morey in Philly after I win a championship or two in Brooklyn, and everybody loves me, and there's going to be no hard feelings. And obviously, that's not at all how it went down. And I'm just going to say this, like, I can understand why people hate the NBA. I really can. Absolutely. I mean, I, that was going to be my I next point. It. Oh, good. So why don't you make it first, and then I'll kind of piggyback off that. I mean, you heard it on everybody's podcast. It's like trying to get somebody into the NBA, and they're like, what's up with the? I'm seeing it all over the news. And it's like, yeah, one guy uh, tanked his way out of not one but two places in a 12-month span, and he got his way. And then the other guy just – stopped showing up to work and threw a temper tantrum and then claimed it was mental health, which again, if you have real mental health issues, I understand the the severity of that and sympathize with that. And if he does, sorry. Um, but you know, he didn't play and then he ended up getting his way too. So that that's the league for you pretty much. Yeah, no, totally. And I, the mental health component here is really tricky to talk about, but I don't think it's anything more tricky to talk about than a player who's faking an injury like Harden's hamstring and the hand strain to get out of playing in the situation that they're in, right? I mean, you see Harden's already not going to play the first few games for Philly. I think that's more of an optic than anything. I think. Hey, I thought about saying, faking an injury this morning. Yeah, hey, well, hey it, was, it was either midnight or... Your time slash eleven my time. We're trying to get it out for the people. Seven or seven or six, and if anybody questions the dedication we have to our craft of getting the podcast out, uh, today is first example that we are fucking committed. But it is absolutely a crime if Simmons is using the mental health thing as a crutch because that's not a hamstring. That's not a hamstring. That's that's something that has become incredibly important and paramount for people to understand with today's modern athlete. I don't doubt that mental health and that he's needed some counseling to get through some of the shit he's been through, obviously some of which is self-inflicted, but the other part of it is, you know, he, he's, he's a guy that has been booed by one of the most ravenous crazed fan bases and has seen the city turn on him. And so much so that he gave up a wide open dunk in a game seven to pass the ball out like that's that in a nutshell is somebody that's clearly not comfortable right it's like you being erratic at work or being erratic in a relationship it's it doesn't make any sense for what we saw that spiraled into with Simmons I don't doubt that there's something that had been going on there but to me man perfectly when we now that we segue and talk about the actual mechanism of this trade I don't think he could have gone to a better place. He's not going to Sacramento where nobody knows that he's playing. He's not going to Indiana that has no idea what they're doing. And he's not going to the Knicks where he would get torn apart. Exactly. He's not going to the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. He's going to play for the Brooklyn Nets alongside Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. You bring along Seth Curry, who's going to help them immensely. Joe Harris, whether he comes back or not this year, adds them another shooter. And he's finally somewhere where he can just play his game. He doesn't have to be the guy that is having to post a couple of Instagram videos in the summer of him draining a three or two. No, he's going to be way. he's going to be a, an even better version of Draymond. Oh, I think he's I, yeah. I was going to say he's going to take the Bruce Brown role. 
of I that mean, cuttering slasher. I mean, yeah, but he's going to be one of the best passers. He's going to be Draymond Green, but but better and more athletic and and just a better player. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for the Nets, really the only question, and you got bigger with Andre Drummond. The guy's going to get your rebounds, and he's a couple fouls, which, which is obviously need. good. Um, uh, the only question, and you got two two first round picks out of it, if those matter at all. Um, the only question is, does Ben Simmons like basketball? Because looking back to his LSU days, he has tanked quite a bit and shown that he doesn't really – the basketball isn't the main thing on his mind. Let's see if Kevin Durant can get him right. Um, but from the Nets' perspective, I honestly, I think this is a win for both sides. Me too. No, I, and I think that's a fair question to raise. I mean, I'm certainly not going to be you know on this pod, early morning podcast and – be a homer and wax poetic about how Simmons now is going to turn into Michael Jordan. That's not true. But I do think that, you know, for, for some players, I think that he went to LSU because he had to. You know, he was going to be the number one overall pick. He had to go to college because of the one and done. So he, he didn't look like he really wanted to be there. And then Philly, he's balling out. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, this is Embiid's team. And he, he was a malcontent. And he was immature. And he didn't like the fact that the city, you know, gravitated to to Embiid and he didn't like that he had his coach and and Embiid also you know kind of calling him out for being immature he's in a situation now where he's got Kevin Durant who's a basketball savant Kyrie Irving who's a basketball savant you've got Steve Nash as your coach who's one of the best point guards of all time they have a really good performance staff and obviously an assistant coaching uh an assistant coaching staff that's going to be there to support him and, and Sean Marks is obviously one of the nicest GMs I mean even for what he said about Harden yesterday after what Harden did to him was quite nice I wish I had somebody to back me like that all the time so you got me baby listen bro you're you're great um <laughs> so it feels if I think that if he ever is going to really fall in love with basketball and have a great time playing and just be able to settle in and do what he does best this is the perfect team for him Absolutely. And then from a heart, I mean, this is the best situation. There's no excuses here. If he, if he can't play in this circumstance, then he's, he doesn't want to play in the NBA. Um, moving on to Harden, obviously Philly lost a really good shooter. Um, they can go and get a backup center on the buyout market, so I'm not worried about that. But they did lose uh, an important piece in Seth Curry, but they mm-hmm. went out and got the guy that they wanted. This pick and roll is going to be incredible. And also, I mean, I think the biggest thing for this trade was not giving up Thibel because he's going to cover up a lot of, I guess the word, defensive inefficiencies like he did for Curry um, for Harden. And this pick and roll is going to be insane. It's just the only thing I'm concerned about is Harden off the ball when Embiid goes to work. No, you're totally right. I mean, I think it's always a win when you get your guy. I mean, we can criticize teams for identifying who that guy is, but if it's your guy and you get him, that's always a win. And and, and I don't want to extrapolate out what Harden is going to be two years from now, three years from now, four years from now. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I think anybody who's objective about this knows that it's not lining up great for Philly, but – for right now, you just took a team that probably had a cap on its uh, on its postseason chances, and you just exponentially increased that cap to a, a, a championship team. If he does, like you said at the top, what he does for Philly that he did for Brooklyn last year, I mean, the, it, this is a situation that with Embiid playing at an MVP level, 
that we could see a dynamic team having Maxi still there, Thibault still there, Danny Green still an open open three and D guy um, who can knock down a three for you. I, I think it's a great trade, but the Seth Curry deal, you know, that's that's going to hurt them. He's one of the best three point shooters of all time, and that floor spacing was great. I don't know what Harden's going to do when he, you know, draws the double. And yeah, Maxi's a nice player. Uh, but you don't have Seth Curry, who's almost a guaranteed knockdown shooter. So I don't know what Philly is going to have there. Maybe somebody on the buyout market. Overall, though, they got their guy. And now, Tom, I think I think it's fair to talk about how we got here with Harden. As things are leaking and coming out now, dude, he pulled the Houston Harden to a T. And he was okie-doking the Nets, saying, yeah, I want to be here. Don't listen to anything unless it's coming from my camp. Meanwhile, he's up to his old act on the West Coast trip. He has four points against Sacramento. He's got a hand strain, a hamstring strain. I can't question anything he did last year for the Nets. He was uh, he was perfect guy. He made up for, for Durant and Kyrie's absences, winning games, getting them as that three seed. But this year, man, I mean, what a fucking debacle and train wreck. I got to say, I'm not going to miss watching him play for, for my team this year. No, I mean, in general, his game is not really the most fun game to watch. But, yeah, he tanked it. Um, he he went back. He dusted off the, the Houston early last year script, and he ran it back to a T. Um I don't know when are the Academy Awards. I think he should. I think he should definitely be a nominee for Best Actor. I don't know if he should win, but he should definitely be a nominee. Um, I mean, what a job by him! What a job by him! I. This is something though that's that's going to kill his legacy to the point where he said that I'm not going to make a formal trade request because I don't want that to look bad. So instead, I'm just going to be meeting with agents all year to try to figure out how I can actually leave the Nets without formally requesting yeah, to and leave clearly, the Nets and get to Philly. Clearly so he's concerned about his legacy because he wouldn't say something like that if he didn't care. And you know what I have to say is talk to your talk to your buddy and your, your current but now former teammate Kevin Durant about that because Kevin Durant was like, I'm going to go to Golden State. Once I win a title, everything's going to be all good. And clearly that didn't work out. So people don't forget. No, they don't. I mean, and I Kevin Durant didn't do anything wrong either. By the way, he just signed with a team no, in free agency. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest question we had was all year whether he was going to leave Golden State in 2019 or stay. And all he did was come back from a calf strain that eventually turned into a ruptured Achilles in the playoffs and in the finals to play for a team that he was had no interest in re-signing with long term. So, like, you can't question his dedication. He's done everything right, and I think lost in all this. I can't believe I'm saying this, but listening to different players talk about just what the turmoil had been going on in the Nets locker room the last like month or so, I got to say, Kyrie sounds very mature and very good about what his standing with this team is. Obviously, he wants to be playing full-time. That's a self-inflicted wound. Just go get a fucking shot. And I think that had a lot to do with Harden, but he he just sounds like he's at peace with everything that's going on with his situation and with the Nets situation and with Harden wanting out and bringing in Simmons, which leads me to tell you this. Kyrie's not going anywhere, bro. I mean, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, this is their team. And I think I really think that despite Harden's heroics last year and his desire to play hurt in the playoffs while Kyrie got hurt and Kyrie in and out of the lineup, 
I think Harden thought that that was going to turn into his and Durant's team. And it was never going to be that way. And I think that pissed him off a lot because what more can you do? And Durant just has this, you know, fixation with Kyrie that, hey, we came here together. We might have different iterations of this team, but we're fucking winning here together. And out of all of this, that definitely became a little bit more clear than I thought. I don't know how you feel about that. Completely agree. And. You know, Kyrie Irving is still a hell of a basketball player given everything that's happened. I mean, he's been my favorite player for a while. Don't really like his off-the-court stuff, but on the court, yeah, I completely agree. It's it's their team, and, and hopefully Kyrie can continue to behave himself, I guess the word would be, or not even that, just be a team guy and, and – Hopefully this hopefully this mandate for the Nets' sake or or whatever gets figured out and he can play all the games because like you said, um, what is he playing one of twenty games or something like that over over the next stretch? Oh yeah, so they played at Washington the other night. They lost their tenth in a row. They're in Miami tonight, and then he doesn't play another game till well after the All Star break. Yeah, it's crazy. So it is crazy, but I, I, that was something with Harden. I think he really was pissed that Durant didn't make more of a, you know, aggressive action towards Kyrie to go get the shot and, and, and sacrifice his personal beliefs for the opportunity to win championship. And Durant, as we've seen, is just not that dude. He's not going to do that. Yep. Uh, so it was a good move, I think, for both sides for the Nets to get. You know what? what you got to commend is- you got to commend Durant because I mean I don't know if you watched the silly draft thing on TNT, but you know he didn't throw Harden under the bus really at all. He said everybody got what they wanted, but regardless, everybody's still my brother. So I mean, oh, yeah. well, Durant's a man KD about that. Does. No, KD is. You know, I, I the most important offseason signing this past summer was Kevin Durant signing the extension in Brooklyn because that changes everything from how that team's going to be looked at. We talked about during our trade deadline preview as to this team's always going to be set up regardless of what stars are where because players are going to want to go play with Kevin Durant. And I think that this team is truly his. Oklahoma City, I think, wanted to be his, but it never totally could be with Russ. Him going to Golden State was kind of the LeBron to Miami. You know, that was Curry's team. That will always be Curry and Draymond and Clay's team. He helped win a couple championships. I really think the Nets are where he's going to cement his legacy. I don't think that he's going to leave. I think this is where he wants to be. I think he wants to win a championship here. He's taken on this leader role. And, um, you know, players are going to come and go. But this is where he wants to set up shop. And as long as Simmons turns out to be what he we've seen flashes of him be and Curry does what he does and, and Kyrie comes back full time. I, th- I think that the two first round picks, Tom, are a huge equation in this because those are like gold to bad teams with good assets, and they're going to be able to turn Claxton and those picks, or Cam Thomas and those picks, into another really good player at some point. Yeah, you got to hope so. Um, but f- but from here on out, talking about the Eastern Conference a little bit, it's wide open. Um, I think Philly obviously got better. The Nets got better. Even on paper, I think they're a better team, especially with Harden the way he was tanking. Milwaukee is still there, so they have them. And then Chicago. Miami. 
Miami as well. I forgot about them. And then you got Toronto just making a little noise. You never know with them. So the East, they're going to all bludgeon each other. And then and then the West, Phoenix Suns, they're looking at it smiling. And those are my guys. I still have them winning the championship. Yeah, I, I would still, even after the trade, as excited as I am to be objective, I, I still want my I, – I still believe Milwaukee is the team to come out of the – come out of the east i think last year did a lot for them and they they made upgrades around the roster where they needed to um with with uh brooke lopez probably out for the year but tom i I think that have you ever and i was thinking about this the other night as they lost yet another game have you ever seen a team that's lost 10 in a row which by the way is hard to do in the nba no matter how bad you are and their odds are one of the best 10 in a row and their odds are still like it's amazing how nobody fucking cares how bad they've been because it's like oh well once they once they integrate the new players and durant comes back this team is a juggernaut yeah it's it's pretty crazy to look at but i just think that says a lot about the nba regular season and why it should be shortened um, and maybe they should do that tournament at the middle of the year just to make things a little more interesting because, you know, I mean, you've seen it since LeBron went to Cleveland back in 2016. And even with the old Bulls teams, I mean, it's like, when, when do we when do we flip the switch? Yeah, and obviously health is a big concern. Like when you're when you're not playing, when Kyrie Irving is your best player and Aldridge is out and Durant's out and all these other players are out. No matter how good Kyrie is, we know he's not a defensive, you know, a defensive great player. So the fact that they keep losing these games is really troubling. But also, like, I have to catch myself sometimes. I'm like, there's in, in a month from now, this team's going to look totally different. And it wouldn't surprise me if they won 10 in a row or 12 yep. in a row. And I think, I think, um, Simmons will be back probably in by the beginning of March. I mean, it's right around Valentine's Day. You got half the month left for him to get ready. No, that's a good. I was going to ask you when did you think he was coming back. So you've got the you've got the All Star break next weekend. That takes you, you know, that's seven days right there. Where also Durant can get healthy at that point. When they play each other in Philly on March 10th, is it a full rematch game, revenge game, whatever you want to call it? Um, yeah, I think, I think Simmons will definitely be ready for that game. Whether or not he'll play that game, I don't know, but I don't think it'll have anything to do with, I think he'll play before that. I don't know. That's, that's going to be a crazy game. That's going to be an expensive ticket too. Especially if Durant's back by then too. And you got Kyrie on the road. Yep. That, that game is must see TV. It's a TNT game too, so you know the crew is going to have a lot to say about it, which is exactly how it should be. I uh, I like how you presented it, Tom. I think both teams won. Both te- both teams got what they wanted, as Kevin Durant said, and and I think this is a huge reprieve for Brooklyn, more so than Philly, because Philly's been winning. But this is a huge sigh of relief for the Nets, who are finally now aware that this is our team. This is who's rolling with us. And now you can just take a deep breath and focus on finishing the year strong, getting healthy, and heading into the playoffs as a team that if they're clicking on all cylinders, I think you would still believe is the best team in the East. Absolutely. Nothing looming over your head of contracts or whatever. All your big guys are locked up. So just roll the ball out and and may the best team win. Any buyout guys that you looked at um, 
for either team going forward, or do you think that these rosters are pretty much set? No, I think they're both. I, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't even know who's been bought out yet, but I think they're both going to be looking at buyout guys for sure. Um, just to just to fix, just to fill out the roster. I think Philly's going to want to go and get themselves a, a cheap big man, which is usually always on the market, and then Brooklyn maybe. Another big man, I don't know about that, with Drummond and, and Claxton ready to go. But I think maybe they get another shooter given the questions of Joe Harris, who may need a second surgery, which would all but put him out for the year, right? Yep. Yeah, if he, if he needs a second surgery, he's out for the year. I think they're doing everything they can to safeguard against that, which obviously is why Seth Curry coming over was a huge reinforcement. You're looking at somebody maybe like Gary Harris, I would love that because he can D up too. Yep, for sure. And you're right about the big man. You know, you look at like a Robin Lopez if Orlando lets him go. We'll we'll speculate about that at another time, maybe on Monday. But for right now, I think these rosters are pretty much locked in. And now we just have to see how, you know, they integrate and, and get comfortable with each other as the last two months of the season roll on. Because I think that you said it perfectly. This Eastern Conference is so open that, it doesn't matter really about any regular season struggles or accomplishments. These teams have time to figure it out. Absolutely. All right, you ready to talk about uh, the big game? The big game. <laughs> That's what everybody says because you can't. I don't want to get sued, you know. That's true. I mean, we don't have any. We're not making any money off this, so we we can't we can't take that risk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we are for hire. If anybody is interested. Oh, no, I said that with direct intent that somebody says, how are these guys not getting paid? <laughs> yes. Sign um, us up. So 6.30 tomorrow, um, the Rams at home basically facing off against the Cincinnati Bengals. The spread is still the same according to DraftKings. I have it pulled up on my computer here um, to what I think I mentioned a week ago which is minus four, Rams minus four. The over-under is 48-and-a-half. Sean, what do you think? Well, I hinted at it on several occasions, and I've had time to hedge my bets or change my mind. And Mm. I'm not going to, Tom. I I, I really love the feel about this Bengals team. And I might be totally wrong, and it might be the second quarter, and they're down by 18 points. I'm like, what? in the hell did I do? But I like this Bengals team. I love Burrow. I love Chase. I know their offensive line is a is a mess, but you don't think that if we're if we know that and every everybody that talks about this game knows that, you don't think they know that. So they're gonna do what they can to get the ball out of Burrow's hands quickly. They want to try to set up the run game with Mixon. You got P. Ryan on the third downs. I think they're going to make the adjustments, and we've already seen what this team can do when they're down and counted out in the playoffs. They they can come right back and, and make up for it. I'm excited as hell about this game. I think it's going to be a really good football game. So give me the Bengals minus the four. Plus the four. Over-under, or plus four, rather. And you said the, uh, the over-under is 48? 48.5, yep. I'm going to take the over. All right. I'm going to take the over as well, but... With all that being said, I am going with the Rams, and I'm taking the points as well, minus four. 
Again, you said can Burrow get the ball out of his hands fast? Uh, Burrow loves to hold on to the ball. I don't think he's going to have the time to do it. I think this offensive line is finally going to rear its ugly head against the best defensive line probably in the NFL. Um, I think Cooper Cup's going to have a big game. I think your boy, my boy, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have a massive game. I think Akers is going to be able to figure it out with two more weeks to rest up that Achilles. Pretty incredible. Will he be able he's... to hold on to the ball? Yes. I, I, I do think that he'll be able to hold on to the ball. We've we've exchanged a few texts, a few tips on holding on to the ball. Have um, you now? Yes. Um, breaking news. Um, Sony Michelle, obviously there as well. Couldn't even get him on the pot, huh? You had to keep those conversations. He's got to get that man. We're we're coming down to it here. Um, I just think this Rams team is is destined to win the Super Bowl and, and desperate to win the Super Bowl. And I'm gonna take McVay over Taylor right now. I don't think Taylor's a bad coach at all, but McVay's been there before. He was embarrassed last time. I think he's gonna come back ready to go with some tricks up his sleeve and. Cooper Cup's the best player in football right now on the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Donald and, J- and Jalen Ramsey are probably 1A and 1B for the best defensive players in football. So give me give me the three best players in football. I mean, here's, here's what makes this game fascinating, right? Uh, everything that you just laid out there, very, very eloquently, by the way. I think you're waking up. Um, I am a little. No coffee, yeah. though. Oh, see, yep. I'm already my second cup deep right now for this. I'm dedicated. I'm I'm ready. But everything you said just was exactly right, which is why when I think about this, I'm like, why am I not taking the most obvious situation that's probably going to happen? We saw last year, right? Like, in hindsight, why did anybody pick the Chiefs to win that game with how decimated that offensive line was? and how dominant that Buccaneers defensive front was. I mean, it, you look back on how that game transpired, and you're just like, whoa, what the hell is wrong with me? But I do think that Cincinnati, we've seen them we've seen them win, rather, when they've not protected Burrow all that well. And they, this is a team that's not the perfect team by any stretch, but they do have a lot of feel to, like, that 07-11 Giants kind yeah, of here team. Here we go. I knew it was coming. Well, it's it's impossible to ignore, right? They're not they don't have the I mean Burrow might end up being a better player than than Stafford, but he's he's not there yet. He's but better than Eli. Feel about him. Better than Eli for sure. I already in year 2 of would of Burrow would would take him over Eli, but you had Eli who is not afraid and not phased and didn't give a shit about the 18 and 0 Patriots or having to beat the Patriots again and Tom Brady and all that offensive firepower that they had or defensive players. They just got up. They would take their lumps and, and go play. And they had smart football players on that team. And Cincinnati has a lot of smart football players on this team. There's just a feel about them. I would have thought that they already would have lost like twice in the playoffs. They didn't play that well against the Raiders. They won that game. They they had no winning either of the next two games on the road in Tennessee and, and Kansas City, but they did. And fuck it, now they're here. I don't think that when you there is something to be said, Tom. And I asked and I proposed this to you when we talked. I don't know, maybe about this game two weeks ago. There's something to be said for the team that has literally no pressure on them. And the team that has a lot of pressure on them, and we see what happens sometimes with Stafford and McVay, case in point, that Buccaneers game when those assholes got really tight once they had the game won and, and wrapped up, it seemed like, right? 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm kind of foregoing all that and just going with what's on the field, but I, I totally, I totally see what you're saying, and the Giants comparisons scare me. But I, I got to roll with the Rams. I don't blame you, bro. I really don't. Um, what's the final score in your mind? Mm, I think the Rams are going to put up a lot of points. I think it's going to be like probably 34 to 20. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so I the, think they're going to get off to a hot start and and the and the Bengals are going to be playing catch up and and I don't think that defense is going to let up. Apparently not if you have them winning by 14. I have the Bengals winning 27 to 24. Okay. That over still hits? Yep. All right. Well, we might as well find out what uh, what Will Smith has to say about it, and we're going to hear about some exotic prop bets. Uh, I do have a few bets in that we'll go over as well, but I, I like to stay away from the Gatorade and all the ones that are 50-50 shots because I just think that I, I'm, I'm well past that. I'm not a degenerate, and I'm also it's not my first year gambling on the Super Bowl, so I'm over that. <laughs> Sounds great. Let's let's hear from Will. All right. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We have um, our our local degenerate, Will Smith, on. Um, so, hello, Will. How are you? I'm good, Tom. How are you? Sean, what's going on? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. Yeah. So, Will, for the season, are you, just in general in the NFL, I don't want to hear about your uh, Russian soccer. Are you, are you in the green? No. Uh, Not even close. <laughs> All right, well, this is the time to make up for it. Um, Might as well ask, um, what is your prediction for this game? I know DraftKings still has it at the over-under set at 48.5, and um, L.A. is favored by four points. Where are you leaning? What's your your overall pick here? Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. I think the Rams by six. Okay, Um, me too. And uh, I, I'm a big over guy, so I'm, I'm going over. I'm right there with you. It's it's no fun to root for the under. Sean's got the Bengals plus four. He came up with a bunch of reasons that just sounded straight up dumb. Um, Excuse you. But, yeah, Sean's, Sean's got the Bengals and the over as well. Um, now, I'm but, just going to say this. Will, if your bets have not been working out, you taking the Rams makes me really, really feel good about my bets. Okay. So, yeah, I, they haven't been working out, but you know, uh, this you is know, where you uh, turn it around. Even a blind squirrel finds an acorn, you know. Yeah, that's true. Exactly, and the one bet that did work out was with you, Sean. That's true. The right. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, don't bring up that name right now, you know. <laughs> oh, so yeah. You know what? Before we even jump into this, why don't you? Why don't you give us? Why don't you give us your your summary? of the season and the state of the union for the Dallas Cowboys. Cause at some point we were going to have to ask about this. So you might uh, as well get state, it. State of the union. Uh, oh, um, just, uh, you know, a terrible season. Wow. Because you, you lose in the first round of playoffs, not because of players, because of coaching. And it was just terrible. Somebody and, had that by the way. Yeah. And it was just, uh, I know you, I know you did Sean. Thanks. Um, but it was just uh, it was not a fun watch. I watched it with my brother. He didn't speak to me because he knew. And um, 
it was just bad. You know, you play in the you know when you play the worst division in football, and you sweep that division, you think you're good. Then you go to the playoffs, you play a, a better coach team, you, you're going to lose every single time. So, do you think changes? I mean, the coaching carousel is pretty much done. I, I'm assuming changes won't be made, and you're not happy about that. Hundred percent, not happy about it. I mean, I'm happy that uh, Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn have stayed, but I'm not happy that Mike McCarthy stayed. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? He's 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 got one year left, uh, one more chance, yeah. or yeah, it's well, it's the same thing. It's like uh, you know, I compare it to the New York Yankees in baseball. Let's bring back the same team and let's do it again. Maybe it'll be different this year. That's a good point. Like, yeah, that's, there's a lot of redundancy there. But it's not going to be the same thing. So Mike McCarthy's going to be gone next year. Sean Payton, come coach my Cowboys to the Super Bowl, boys. Thank you. You heard They'll it here. You heard it here. Hundredth. You know that. Well, you're not the first person to say that, but yeah. I mean, the rumors are swirling. Maybe he takes a year off and and does something at Fox, and then comes back to the Cowboys. I honestly don't feel as confident in that because I feel like Jerry makes, um, to say the least, odd decisions. Yes. Especially for a guy who's on the older side and is so desperate to win a Super Bowl. Um, but hey, I wish you the best, Sean. I'm sure you wish him the worst. Of course yep. I do. But <laughs> let's let's also keep in mind that Sean Payton will still be under contract with the Saints at this time next year. So you'll have oh, to give up. You'll have to Jerry give Jones up. will buy him out. Well, you'll have to. You'll have, the Saints aren't going to give him away, so you might have to. You might have to trade something for him. Mm. Yeah, I'll give him a nice six rounder. It's fun. I think it's going to start with a first. Ooh. Ah, nope. We already did that for Amari Cooper, who we're going to trade next year anyway. So, <laughs> Poor Will. All right. Well, it sounds like Mike McCarthy is your guy. All right. Let's jump into some uh, some prop bets here, Will. Um, I said to the pot already, I stay away from the Gatorade and the, and the National Anthem. Don't really care for it. I'm more focused on the game. Do you have any of those weird non-game prop bets? I have a couple. Um, okay. So I saw one that said, "What color is Snoop Dogg's shoes going to be?" <laughs> and you went with? I went with pink because it was the the highest. It was like plus nine hundred for pink okay. pink shoes during the halftime uh, halftime show. Now I don't want to out Snoop Dogg here, but I think he might be gang affiliated. So I think he'll be wearing whatever color that is, or he's a Steelers fan, so he'll be wearing black and yellow. That's me. Just I, I just, you know. Also, there was another one that um, I think it was plus a thousand if a fan runs on the field. And you went with the fan going on the field? Of course I did. Okay. Anything else? Uh, I did the Gatorade as well. I always do the Gatorade. Um, I heard on a podcast that um, the Bengals drink orange Gatorade. So if the Bengals win, it's going to be orange. All right. Well, you took the Rams. So did you pick like blue Gatorade as well? I took uh, if uh, with the Rams. I took um, red Gatorade actually. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'm sure you watched a shit ton of tape on their Gatorade intake, and yeah. spoke to a few <laughs> equipment managers on the back end. Well, there. I, you know, I talked to Sean McVay's get back coach, the guy that pulls him back from the sideline, and he said they drink red Gatorade. So. Oh well, you're dialed. This back. is some great inside info. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any others? You got the national anthem. No, I don't do that because, you know, uh, two minutes is a long time. <laughs> it's nice <laughs> to know where you draw time. your line. 
It sounds like you've you've had some bad experiences singing the national anthem. Are you okay? Uh, no, it's uh, I'm good. You know, three Super Bowls in a row I've lost. So that, but I, I do take coin toss and I did take tails. So hey, listen, that's a fifty-fifty shot. I'm I'm all for that. Um, mm-hmm. any other weird prop bets? Do they have any halftime things aside from Snoop's color of his shoes? Uh, not that I saw. There's just. Uh, there was another one, like, is there going to be somebody that wasn't mentioned in the halftime show show up? Usually like, that's pretty... Like a, usually that's pretty... Do they have, like, a CGI of, like, Tupac or something? And did you go with yes? That's a good no, one. No, I didn't go with yes. Okay. I went with Honestly, that's... I like that. I, I'm I'm going to be looking for, for the ghosts of Tupac. All right, let's get into the game. Give me some of the props for the game. Um, I think it was... What was it? It was... um. I don't remember now. Um, Matthew Stafford over 255 and a half passing yards. I went with yes. Yeah, I think I got. I think I got that one as well. Um, you got anything for Odell Beckham or Cooper Cup on the on the side of the Rams? I didn't take anything for the wide receiver. I just went quarterback and then uh, Joe Mixon as well for the Bengals. It was like over 79 and a half rushing yards. I went with no. Mm, well, yeah, I mean, listen, if you think they're going to win and, and they're going to have to throw the ball behind, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Anything else? Is that it? Those, those are the only in-game prop bets that I took. Um, I also said that there would be an interception by the Rams. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one as well. So that's all we got for you? That's all we got. All right, let's go over uh, let's go over a few of mine before we get out of here. So I got John Ronham and Justin Thomas both to finish in the top twenty. Oh, sorry, that's something else. That's something else. A little waste management actually. <laughs> yeah, and I got Brooks Kepka winning it. I haven't checked the uh, the leaderboard. Well, he dyed his hair blonde, so he's gonna win. Yeah, of course. Uh, Sean said he's dyeing his hair blonde as well. Oh, does Sean still have hair? Or? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should be Will. Will should dye his gray hair blonde. Um, all right. I got the Rams to win by 1 to 13 point margin plus 140. I don't understand how that's plus 140. Um, and then I told Sean that they're going to win by 14, so I might as well get rid of that bet. Um, Rams minus 4. Defensive slash special teams touchdown. I went with yes. I think somebody's going to make a big play on the side of the Rams. Um, what do you think about that? A little pick six or a little uh, kick return for a touchdown? I think it's going to be a scoop and score. Ooh, scoop and score, Donald. I think, yeah, yeah. I think I think he's going to be the one to force it. I don't know who's going to scoop it because if I knew, well, we've seen what Von Miller's done in the Super Bowl before. Absolutely, sure. and I just think Burrow is going to be getting absolutely smashed out there. I, I already mm-hmm. feel bad for the guy. Um, this one was kind of crazy, but if I think the Rams are going to put up 34, it might happen. Cooper Cup plus 125 yards. Um, and then I have a parlay of Cooper Cup plus 125 and my boy Odell Beckham plus 80. I think they're both going to have a good game. And uh, Cooper Cup and Joe Mixon both to score a touchdown. And that's it. I also have the Phoenix Suns winning the title. Okay. Look at that. Just high up there on the props yeah just only in-game stuff i mean i might i might get a little itchy because we have about uh what a little under 48 hours right 
before yep. this game starts. So I, I might get a little itchy, and I really like that shoes bet with Snoop Dogg. I've got some opinions on that, so I may go in on that. Sean, is is betting legal in Texas? Of course not. Mm. Yeah, it's a very red state, right? Well, you know, we, they you you can have you can buy a gun at a gas station, but you can't <laughs> bet and you can't smoke weed legally. So they have their priorities in line. Mm. America, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, what do they say? Texas forever? Texas forever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Well. Oh, it's something special down here, boys. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Except you're fucking, you're not in real Texas. Like, you're not wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. No. And you never see that in Austin. So. No. But you will see it on me and Will with that Yellowstone. Oh, That's yeah. right. <laughs> All right, anything else, Will? Any other comments, concerns before we get out of here? Um, Sean, does it bother you that Odell's playing in the Super Bowl and he's not on the Giants? No. Okay. I mean, there's nothing really that can bother me. Are you rooting for him? I'm not going to say I'm rooting for him, but it certainly won't bother me if if he wins. I mean, he was a pain in the ass when he was here, but a lot of it wasn't his fault. Some would say the same about you. It's true. Like when you were living up here, it's like he was a pain in the ass when he was here, but all of it was his fault. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. You're, I would just like to note that earlier on the pod, Tom said, I've always got your back. And then he does this. So it goes to show that, you know, there's a lot of questions about the integrity and genuine. No, it's just it's one thought. of those situations where it's like nobody can bother Sean except me. I mean, oh, you know. they're very protective about it, huh? Well, mm-hmm. Will can go after you if he has to. I just, I just do it for, you know, about the Giants. You know? Not that he has no hair or anything like that. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, Jesus, now, see, you, backed, nice. you backed a semi-truck worse, over him. Yeah, see, well, you know, that, that might be the case, but I'm not gray, so I'll, I'll take that. Um, at least I, no, at least I, I got know. the hair, though. I, I might have to put up a poll. Would you rather be a ginger and bald, or would you rather be, would you rather be gray at... 12 i'm leaning towards gray at 12 minus 220 listen i'm always gonna say it's better to have the hair than not uh but it may not be as clear cut as everybody thinks we're running up the pole let's see what happens (laughs) but no well you're 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 good with the uh with the cowboys because as bad and pathetic as they might be come playoff time they are going to once again be the kings of the nfc east this coming year how do you feel how do you feel about this yeah right uh, how do you feel about this uh, debacle with the Giants? I wouldn't even say it's really a debacle, but the Giants hires and then the Flores things. I, I don't think it, it, it was more. I think it's more the Dolphins than the Giants, to be honest. Um, I don't see, you know, what you know Flores said really pertaining to the Giants. And the Giants had some great hires. Like look at look at the Bills. Like you took Dable. Look at their offense this year, and you took the Bills GM. Like look at the Bills team. You see what he's doing? He, he's, he's, he's buttering me up. He's saying how good the Giants are. He's, just in case something happens, he can say that he had it on record. That the I Giants mean, Giants right now have, like, maybe three players that have talent. But also, the Giants are going to be in a little salary cap problem. James Bradbury making $45 million. So, You know, if they cut – they're $10 million over the cap right now. If they just trade or cut him, they're like $8 million under. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So we'll see. It'll be an interesting off season. I don't know. And what then it's uh, you know it's it's perfect. It's perfect for a head coach and a new GM because 
you could franchise Daniel Jones this year, and if he sucks again, it'd be like, oh, that wasn't our quarterback. So well, yeah, you don't even have to franchise him. Yeah, he's, he's got a year left. Oh, he's still under contract. Yeah, yeah. So this is probably his last year, unless he looks phenomenal. Which, no offense, with no weapons, he's not going to look phenomenal. Yeah, what are you looking for why. out of Danny Dimes in order for him to stay? Like I. Pro Bowl alternate, like seventh Pro Bowl alternate? I don't think it matters, <laughs> honestly. Like, first of all, he has to be healthy to know anything. But True. I think because he's not healthy, we do know everything, right? Like, we we can't three years in be like, oh, well, if he's healthy. Well, if he's not healthy, then we kind of already know. I think he's, I think he's going to be always a fine mid-tier quarterback in the NFL that never really has staying power because when you look at him matched up against other guys in the league, he's just going to have his limitations. But you made a good point. If, if this whole new regime gets gets their hands on him and they can decide in, in a year whether they like him or not, and they don't have to do what Carolina did, which is just abruptly give the fifth-year option to him uh, like the Panthers did with Darnold. So you can let him play out this year. You can actually sign a good backup and and see what it is, but I don't have a lot of confidence that Jones is going to be the long-term answer. Yeah, if he, he needs to be better than 20 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Like, that's average. That, right. And, you know, it, my other thought question was, if Kenny Pickett falls to the Giants in that second pick in the first round, do you take Kenny Pickett? They're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round. Maybe late, Maybe in the second if somebody's there. I mean, I think they're going to go offensive line at five if they keep both picks and then at seven they're gonna go you know especially with wink martindale now as the dc you're looking at like a stingley or something as a blitzing corner one on one yeah i was thinking offensive line defensive line for the giants in those first two picks like a yeah. nice edge rusher yeah that would be great too i mean really what i'm most excited about is to see 21st century offense offensive scheme because i mean you can keep running qb sneaks on third down that's fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, none of our teams are in the Super Bowl, so why don't we'll focus on the off season and the off season? Because I'm I've got a feeling you guys could talk for another three hours. That is correct. Correct. All right, boys. Should we wrap this one up? Let's call it. All Let's right. Do it. Well, any. All right. Before we go, uh, what are the plans for the big game, Sean? Uh, I'm going to. Buddy's house, they're, they're host, him and his girlfriend are hosting a party, so there will be like 15 of us. Candlelit dinner with Frenchie? What's that? Candlelit dinner and a little bubble bath to finish it off with Frenchie, or no? Don't believe that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, he's up there and I'm here, so no. I figured you'd fly him in. All right, well, what do you got? <laughs> uh, me and C.D. Lamb are hanging out. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, he's not playing, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh, probably watching at home with my brother. There you go. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, may just go across the street to my uncle's house. May show up to Will's apartment. I know where he lives. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know the game will be on. You're more Wild than welcome. Card. Thank you, buddy. All right, fellas. Well, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Everybody enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll be back soon. Sounds good. Will, good talking to you, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thank you, Will. <laughs>